guys welcome back to another episode of the fantasy fellow show i'm your host the fellow kgb you can follow me on twitter at the fellow kgb and it is tuesday evening six o'clock central time we're gonna be going over my waiver wire week 10 report here we're gonna start off with just listing some injuries that we're gonna be watching today was a really slow news day uh, nothing really like we didn't really get much injury report at all so it's gonna be kind of a in the dark waiver wire period here but we're monitoring christian mccaffrey he did have the ac shoulder kind of injury uh, at the end of the fourth quarter there i'm assuming he's doubtful for week 10 we'll see what they do here but that's gonna make mike davis uh of interest to us here a couple other injuries here preston williams he's got a right foot sprain he's probably not playing this weekend Ben Roethlisberger, he did leave the game, but he returned with that left MCL sprain. <clears throat> he should be okay, but he's also on the COVID list. Uh, like apparently, Vance McDonald is on the COVID list, and he was sitting next to him on the plane. Uh, so high close contact. We'll see if Ben, uh, ben Roethlisberger plays this weekend. Miles Sanders, left knee. He's been out the last few weeks. He's probable for week 10, so that's good news for Sanders owners. Kenyon Drake, left ankle. He's going to probably be doubtful again this weekend, so another good boost for Chase Edmonds. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, he had the hamstring. I think he only played like 10 or 11 snaps last weekend, uh, so we'll see about him. He's going to be questionable. Chris Carson maybe coming back from the foot sprain. He's going to be questionable as well. Uh, David Montgomery, this is really one to keep an eye on here. He had a concussion. I think it was in the third or fourth quarter. He's going to be questionable for week 10. We're going to want to monitor his practice reports. They do play on Monday Night Football, so he gets the extra day uh, to probably get in there. So if he does play, uh, you're going to use him as normal. But if not, we're going to be looking elsewhere at uh, maybe guys like Ryan Null. Uh, Joe Mixon with the right foot. He's still questionable for week 10. Uh, so we're probably holding on to Giovanni Bernard. And then Jack Doyle, just because they play on Thursday night, he's getting, he's going through concussion protocols. I'm assuming he's not going to be playing. So we'll probably be looking at the Colts tight ends uh, at some point here. And then uh, we got some guys eligible to return from IR this weekend. So I think the Browns have already activated Nick Chubb. Uh, Austin Eckler is eligible this weekend. I don't think we're going to see him for a few weeks yet. Um, then you got guys that are probably going to get activated in Raheem Mostert, Alan Lazard, Sony Michelle, and then maybe Paris Campbell. So uh, with all that out of the way here, we're going to hop into a screen share, and then we're going to go over our quarterbacks here. Um, so let's get this pulled up here, fantasyfellowship.com. Uh, just adjusting my boxes real quick here. So the way I do my quarterbacks, if you're new to the show, uh, we're going to be looking at the quarterback one streaming options ranked. And the way I look at this is basically I go over to ESPN.com and I just kind of look at the percent rostered. And then I'm going to list uh, who I think is going to be maybe like open in your league. And then we're going to rank them as it goes. So the top end guys are up here. The guys that you probably don't want to go with here, but should be available are down here. So but what I mean here is uh, so I'm just looking at the ESPN projections here, and then they do have the percent rostered here. So if I go down the list, uh, some of the first guys that are might be available here is Ben Roethlisberger. He's only about 84% owned. Uh, again, he's on the COVID list now. He's got the MCL thing. Maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't play, uh, but we'll, we'll monitor his status throughout the week. you got Carson Wentz here, who's just below 70% owned. He's got a really good matchup going up against the Giants this weekend. He's on my streaming list. Uh, but if you need a quarterback, I think the one guy that I'm going to recommend uh, probably the most and the most confidently is going to be Jared Goff going up against Seattle here. They He's about 41% owned, and he's going up against the worst secondary, worst defense for quarterbacks. Uh, so Jared Goff is probably, I think I had him, yeah, I got Jared Goff and Carson Wentz as my top two streaming options. 
And uh, again, Carson Wentz about 70% owned. And then you got Jared Goff about 40% owned. So probably Goff's available in your league if you need, you know, to replace a guy who's on the buys this week. So Matt Ryan's on by, Dallas, we don't care. Mahomes is on by. So if you have Mahomes and Matt Ryan, you're probably looking for guys like Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. Uh, I also like Derek Carr this weekend against Denver. Uh, I'm sure Justin Herbert's owned, so that's kind of why I do the likely owned here. Uh, but maybe Joe Burrow against Pittsburgh. We'll kind of see how it goes. But uh, if you have quarterback questions, you can answer. You can ask those in the chat room, and we can look at those later. Uh, looks like we do have a question here from our guy Six. Uh, so we're hearing rumors of bringing Lamar Miller up from the practice squad for Chicago. Uh, yes, we have to see about David Montgomery with his practice reports. I'm not sure when he had the concussion. It was maybe third or fourth quarter. Uh, but the good news for Montgomery owners is that he is, I mean, they do play Monday night, so they get the extra day to prepare. Uh, so I think if Montgomery gets any kind of limited practice in by Thursday or Friday, uh, he's probably going to play. But again, uh, I think tomorrow, I don't know if the Bears practice Wednesday because they do play Monday. So I think Thursday is going to be the first day we get practice reports. So I'll be watching to see if they if they upgrade Lamar Miller. Uh, the one guy that would be, if Montgomery's out, I think Ryan Nall, he's going to be the guy that gets probably the, the most snaps behind him. Um, so it's going to be kind of a weird situation where uh, I just want to pull up the snap counts from last week's game. But I'm, I'm kind of looking at this backup running back, Ryan Nall here. Uh, he's kind of like a Peyton Hillis you know, vibe to him. Uh, but Montgomery played 59 snaps last weekend. Ryan Nall came in and got two snaps. Uh, and then he did get one target, one reception here. I think he scored a touchdown too. Uh, but Ryan Nall is someone I'm keeping my eye on. But Lamar Miller, he's just uh, – he's not exciting. It is against the Vikings, so I like the matchup. But I think we might have other options on the waiver wire that I would prefer uh, over a Bears running back. So uh, to the quarterbacks here, these, this is just a super flex league list here. These guys might be available. They're probably the bottom of the barrel, you know, 26 to 32nd ranked ranked quarterbacks. Uh, we're talking Nick Mullins against New Orleans, Alex Smith going up against Detroit. Uh, Jake Luton's probably going to get a couple more starts here. I don't know if Gardner Minshew is going to be hanging around much, you know, for the next week or two. And maybe Luton just kind of takes over the job uh, from then on. So it's probably a fluid situation in Jacksonville. Case Keenum I have on the list here versus Houston just because uh, Baker, he he's potentially not going to play in this one. I think he was on the COVID list last weekend. Uh, so he, if he practices this weekend, that's a, that's a good sign for him. Uh, Andy Dalton might have been dropped. Sam Darnold maybe returning week 10. Uh, but then just some guys to monitor down here. If anyone dropped Gardner Minshew, he's worth holding on to. And then maybe Dwayne Haskins because we did lose Kyle Allen for the season. Uh, Alex Smith is going to be the starter and injury concerns or if they if they are just not getting what they want out of the quarterback position, maybe they turn to Dwayne Haskins. So those are some quarterback options for you. Uh, the running back room, this is probably the most important room uh, of the show. So I kind of do my list as these are running backs who are likely owned but could be available in your league. Uh, so I'm pretty much higher on these guys than the ones down here. <clears throat> and that's going to be Mike Davis. Uh, just because I know in a few leagues that I played in, I didn't have Mike Davis, but he was dropped in just a couple leagues. Um, so he's going to be a guy where McCaffrey, he's just recovered from his high ankle sprain, and now we got an AC joint sprain in his shoulder. He's probably not going to play this weekend. If he does, I would assume it's not going to be a full snap count. I think we did see Davis get 30%, McCaffrey 70%. So even if uh, McCaffrey does play, I think Mike Davis is going to be a flex. I think he put like 8.9 points up on the board in PPR leagues. Um, so I'm kind of interested in Mike Davis no matter what <clears throat> here. So if anyone was kind of quick to the drop there on Mike Davis, he's going to be the priority. And I know McCaffrey looms, you know, in the future, he's going to probably getting 
back to that 80, 90% snap load. Uh, but he's already kind of injured right now. So who knows what happens with him uh, going forward. I just think Mike Davis, we know what we're getting with him and he deserves to be uh, on your roster. So I love Mike Davis this week. Raheem Mostert, just be careful. If anyone dropped him, it's worth looking up. He should be activated this weekend. Uh, they also play, they also have a bye next weekend. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's not uh, playing this week, but uh, he should be back in a week or two for sure. Daryl Henderson might have been dropped over the bye week. He plays against Seattle. Jarek McKinnon just keeps scoring touchdowns. He's going to go up against New Orleans, which is a tough test, uh, but he's proving you know valuable enough in PPR leagues. And it seems like they don't really want to trust Jermichael Hasty. Uh, so I think when Mostert does come back, it's going to be back to Mostert and McKinnon. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. We got J.K. Dobbins going up against the New England Patriots. This one we're going to have to really monitor uh, Mark Ingram's status. He's got the high ankle sprain, uh, and I think they've already had their bye week. So who knows what's going on with Mark Ingram. We're, we're going to watch his reports this week. Uh, but I do like what I'm seeing out of our guy, um, J.K. Dobbins. He's starting to lead the lead, or lead the team in snap counts. This is week eight here. Let me get to week nine. Um, so last weekend with just uh, J.K. Dobbins and our guy Gus Edwards, you see J.K. Dobbins get 36 snaps to Gus Edwards 24. Uh, and then again, uh, more touches for Dobbins, 12 attempts, 30 yards, not really good output. But the Patriots defense is all of a sudden one that we can start attacking uh, with their ground game. I think the Jets played a pretty good game against them last night. They didn't win, uh, but the Jets were able to move the ball. So I think Baltimore is going to have a pretty good time uh, moving the ball as well. Uh, so I like J.K. Dobbins. Just make sure he's not dropped in any leagues there. Latavius Murray, I just I have Latavius on here because, I mean, the Saints just dominated Tampa Bay. And uh, I, I thought the offense just looked really smooth. They're a really good team. And uh, we're getting to that point where it's week 10. It's kind of getting to handcuff season where you're going to want to make sure you have all of your pieces covered. If you have the extra room on the bench, I think Latavius Murray, he's a guy that already gets about you know seven to 10 touches per game. And if anything happens to Alvin Kamara or if they start to rest him uh, and kind of get Latavius Murray more touches down the stretch, that wouldn't surprise me. Same thing with Jamal Williams. We've seen what Jamal can do when Aaron Jones is out. Uh, and Aaron Jones, he did play last weekend, but there's always a chance for re-injury. Uh, so Jamal Williams, when he gets the number one workload, he's going to be an RB1 for us. So make sure he's not been uh, dropped the last week or so. And I think they reactivated from the COVID list, so that's good news for Jamal. Uh, he's probably playing against Jacksonville, and he might even be flex-worthy uh, just because it's Green Bay and Jacksonville. So this one could get out of hand. We could see them continue to limit uh, Aaron Jones's workload as he gets healthier. Phil Lindsay going up against Las Vegas. Uh, I still think Lindsay looks better than Melvin Gordon, so I'd continue to hold on to him there. Uh, Giovanni Bernard is a guy that I'm still worth holding on to here because uh, we don't know about Joe Mixon. He's got the right foot injury. The team's not really going anywhere. They gave him a lot of money. Uh, maybe they just continue to, to ride out Giovanni Bernard for another week or two. But even if Mixon comes back, uh, like I said, it's, I'm, I'm a big uh, believer in like the injury seal on a player like uh, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, you know, even Raheem Mostert, these, and Christian McCaffrey for that matter too. Uh, once these guys are injured, they're not playing at 100%, so they tend to get re-injured almost easier than they would normally. Uh, so I like stashing on to Bernard, Tony Pollard, uh, and then hold on to Miles Gaskin down here. He's going to be probably out for another two weeks, but it's clear that you know he's going to be their, their lead back when he comes back. And then I got Justin Jackson here. I apologize for any Justin Jackson recommendations last week. Uh, he just he got hurt pregame. They didn't really give us any information on this. And uh, he took one snap, and then they took him out with the knee injury. So he's going up against Miami. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play. 
So we're going to have to watch some of the backups and take a look at those guys down here. Uh, but on the priority ads to, you know, to the running back room that should be available, uh, Duke Johnson's on the list going up against Cleveland. David Johnson left really early with a concussion last week. So we're going to have to monitor his reports. But even if David Johnson plays, I'm thinking Duke Johnson plays a little bit more. So he's going to enter low end RB2 flex territory for me. We saw J.D. McKissick catch a lot of passes. I think it was like 14 targets, uh, maybe nine catches last weekend. And when you think about Alex Smith, this is going to be Alex Smith's team uh, going forward. And he's always been kind of a dink and dunk quarterback. And he gave he gave J.D. McKissick 14 targets, nine catches, 65 yards, little on the ground. But if you can get nine catches from your running back, too, in a PPR league, you're really happy. Uh, so he comes away with over 16 PPR points last weekend, uh, a huge amount of the snap share. He was on the field for 83% of the plays last week. Uh, so really good sign for McKissick there. And then I got Zach Moss uh, going on against Arizona here. That's going to be at Arizona. And uh, if we look quick at what Zach Moss is doing in the Buffalo backfield, uh, the one part is I love Zach Moss because he's in a really good offense. Uh, he's starting to out-snap Devin Singletary as well. He out-touched him for the first time last uh, last week here. He had nine carries to Devin Singletary's two. Uh, two targets for Moss, three for Singletary. But, I mean, more touches for Moss. He's going to get the red zone touches, and this is a good offense, one that we uh, want to get invested in. So as the season gets colder and Buffalo, maybe they're not passing as efficiently as they were, uh, especially last week. Uh, we might see Zach Moss start to rack up, you know, 12, 15 touches uh, down the wire here in December. So I love adding Zach Moss. Wayne Gallman, he's just been scoring touchdowns. I know it's not a very sexy pick, uh, but going up against Philadelphia, I mean, at this point, all he he gets the touches and he gets the red zone opportunity. So Wayne Gallman uh, could be an RB2 fill-in if you're looking to replace a Todd Gurley or a Clyde Edwards this weekend. Um, I did talk about Ryan Nall at the top of the show here going up against Minnesota. Uh, this is the guy I'm probably not like trying to add tonight, but uh, maybe throughout the week, uh, if we see, see Montgomery still hasn't been cleared from concussion protocol, uh, Ryan Nall, Lamar Miller, I should probably add Lamar Miller's name to this. Uh, thanks for that uh, comment there, Six. But Ryan Nall, Lamar Miller, one of these backups would be the next man up if Montgomery can't go Monday night. I got DeAndre Washington here on the list going up against the Chargers. Uh, he could be the lead back for Miami. We were not really impressed with the opportunities for the Dolphins last weekend. They kind of had to air it out, uh, which was good because we got to watch Tua uh, kind of throw it around. But the running backs without Miles Gaskin, I mean, Salvan Ahmed, 28 snaps, seven carries, 38 yards. Malcolm Perry, 23 snaps, one target, you know, no catches. And then Jordan Howard here with the with the super crazy 10 for 19 yards and a touchdown. And then Patrick Laird just getting the one target, one carry here. Nothing really crazy. So uh, I liked DeAndre Washington in Oakland last year. He did some good things for Kansas City uh, a couple times this year. And now he could be their lead back right away as early as this week. So uh, he also does get the extra week next week with Miles Yaskin probably out. So this is a guy here that I don't think a lot of people are going to be high on. You could probably snag him for free tomorrow morning. Uh, that's one of my favorite moves to do, actually. Um, and some of my – I mean, most of my leagues are all free agent – uh, waiver wire bucks. And uh, I like to save the money, especially as we get towards the, the playoff push here. So the more money you have, the more you can kind of go in on those guys when things make sense week 14, 15, and 16. Uh, but DeAndre Washington might be a guy that I add for free in a couple leagues tomorrow just to see what happens with this Dolphins backfield. Um, we got another Baltimore back here, Gus Edwards. He did fumble last weekend, but he also got the goal line touchdown. And it was interesting because he actually fumbled his uh, on the goal line. He fumbled once and then the next drive or two, he, they came back down and gave it right back to him. So there's confidence in Gus Edwards. Uh, I don't know if Mark Ingram is going to play, but if he's out, especially against New England, 
teams have been able to run on the Patriots lately, which doesn't make sense, but it, this is the 2020 uh, New England Patriots defense we're looking at here. So Gus Edwards becomes a potential Sunday night uh, RB2 flex, especially in touchdown leagues. Uh, if you have Josh Jacobs, again, this is it's kind of getting to handcuff season. Uh, so Devontae Booker actually looked really good last week. I don't know if I got the stats in for Las Vegas yet. I don't think I did. Uh, but we did see uh, – I guess I'm going to pull those up here. Let's go to Pro Football Focus. Uh, Devontae Booker looked impressive last weekend, and he's actually looked probably better than any time he did with the Denver Broncos. So Raiders took on the Chargers. We did see, let's look at the snap counts first for the running backs. I think they're trying to kind of ease up on Josh Jacobs. He only had 56% of the snaps last week. Uh, Devontae Booker did get 13 snaps or 26%. But when Devontae Booker's in the game, uh, they end up giving him a pretty good amount of touches here. So he did, you know, have eight carries, 68 yards and a touchdown, no targets. But I mean, he was in for 13 snaps and he got the ball eight times. Uh, so he's looking like a pretty good handcuff if you're a Josh Jacobs owner. I mean, Josh Jacobs has been injury, you know, he's been dinged up a little bit this year. He did get to, uh, towards the end of last year as well. So I think Devontae Booker, uh, I, I own Josh Jacobs in a couple of leagues. I'm probably, this is probably the week where I'm just going to start stashing some of these handcuffs and especially uh, a guy like Devontae Booker. You got Josh Wick Kelly, Kalen Balazs, Tremaine Pope. Uh, these are going to be the three running backs. If Justin Jackson can't practice or go this weekend, these are going to be the three guys that get uh, the first run here. Kalen Balaj actually looked really good. I think he did get the touchdown. Josh Kelly is probably not going to be a guy that I'm super high on. Uh, so if Justin Jackson can't go, it's probably going to be Kalen Balaj or Troy Mayne Pope. Uh, so this is going to be a fluid situation here. So these guys are all kind of just uh, maybe you add tomorrow for free after the waiver wire run. But uh, definitely check out your list for some of these guys to see if they're available. Uh, otherwise, Zach Moss, J.D. McKissick in the PPR League, uh, maybe DeAndre Washington. So we got, uh, I don't know, we got some receivers to look at here. The list of receivers is really long. So I just did this with, like, basically these guys are likely owned. They might be available in your league. Uh, and then I kind of just ranked them uh, being at the top here. These are the guys that I would want the most and probably start this weekend. Uh, and then I got some guys down here that are on by some guys returning from injury, uh, things like that. But yeah, T Higgins, Jerry Judy, rookie receivers are really, really fun right now. Jerry Judy had his first hundred yard game, big touchdown. T Higgins is playing great football. Pittsburgh can be beaten uh, with the, I guess their defense does allow wide receiver points. So I'm not too worried about Tyler Boyd, T Higgins, maybe Auden Tate should be on this list. Uh, but yeah, Christian Kirk, Curtis Samuel, Sterling Shepard. Uh, these are guys, these are guys that are basically showing us they belong uh, in our lineup every week right now. They're consistent PPR plays. Mike Williams is starting to show up. Brandon Ayuk returns uh, from the COVID list. Emmanuel Sanders looked pretty good uh, against Tampa Bay. We'll see what up. So we'll see about AJ Green, Darius Slayton, Corey Davis. These guys are more kind of boom bust players, uh, but I do think they deserve a, a spot on your roster if they're available. Uh, Cole Beasley, John Brown, we talked about Buffalo, how you want to keep getting pieces of that offense. Uh, and Tim Patrick, man, every time I see Tim Patrick, I come away more impressed. Uh, he's doing a really good, you know, poor man's impression of Cortland Sutton. And then I've been talking about Alan Lazard uh, the last few weeks. It sounds like he was really close to playing uh, last week against San Francisco. So I, I would assume during Jacksonville this weekend, he's going to play. Uh, and then Jalen Reger, he's going to be 100% now. He did play the week before the bye. But uh, I think it's going to be guns ablazing for the rookie receiver there. And then priority receivers that uh, that we should be able to have in most leagues, and it's Jacoby Myers. Uh, he looked so good last weekend, uh, I guess last night. Let me just pull up his numbers. He just had a massive amount of targets. I'm trying to see how many projection points he has here. 
Uh, it's a tough matchup going up against uh, the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday Night Football. But, I mean, if you can get a wide receiver like Jacoby Myers right now, who's probably going to be the leading target guy for Cam Newton the rest of the way, I mean, he's seen 30 targets in the last three games, over double-digit PPR points, so you love the consistency that we're seeing here. But again, 14 targets last night, 12 catches, 169 yards. Uh, and the week before, I think this is going to probably be a bad game for Jacoby going forward. I guess both these these could be seen uh, week seven and week eight, where he gets about 60 yards and four to six catches. Uh, I think he's going to probably be having a, a nice 10-point floor going forward. And uh, the, the schedule is shaping up to be pretty decent. I know he plays Baltimore this weekend, but then he gets Houston. We'll see about Arizona, but then I'm not really concerned about the Chargers. Maybe maybe against the Rams, he gets matched up against Jalen Ramsey. Uh, but championship weekends against Miami week 15, Buffalo week 16. Uh, so there's some potential there for Jacoby Myers. He's probably the number one waiver wire add. Uh, and I think he could be wide receiver three flex right away this weekend against Baltimore. So we'll see if he can take advantage, uh, I guess, of a tough matchup. You got KJ Hamler here going up against uh, the Raiders. I just want to see what our guy did. Uh, last weekend, I think he had like 15 PPR points. So KJ Hamler, uh, 75% of the snaps. He had one rushing attempt for 15 yards. So hopefully they give him one or two of those uh, a game going forward. But then uh, 10 targets, six catches, 75 yards. And uh, he scored, I think, in week eight. Uh, so he's stacking two really good games here back to back. Uh, rookie receivers are, are both playing really well. So I think KJ Hamler can be a part of your wide receiver three in PPR. We got the, a couple Bears receivers here, Anthony Miller and Darnell Mooney. I just want to see what both these guys did last weekend. Uh, we're not super excited about the Bears offense, but they do play against the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football, who have been allowing a lot of wide receiver points, a lot of you know touchdowns, receptions, yards to the receiver position. Uh, and then we see Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Anthony Miller. These guys are on the field a lot, so they run a lot of three wide receiver sets. And uh, last weekend, I mean, Darnell Mooney led the team in targets with 11. Uh, and then you see Allen Robinson with nine targets, Anthony Miller, eight targets. Uh, Nick Foles is just going to keep feeding these guys. Uh, so all three of these guys are potentially useful. Anthony Miller, five for 59 last weekend. He did have a fumble, so he was below double digits. Uh, but then you got Darnell, Darnell Mooney, who at this point, I mean, he's been uh, one of the hot players for the Bears all season. And he's been consistently, you know, second in snaps in the receivers. Uh, he went five for 43 last weekend, and uh, that's kind of like, a, I think, a, a low-end floor for him uh, because we did see some big plays from him throughout the season where all it takes is really one play for him to, meet, to make your day. He gets open deep, and I think Nick Foles just needs to keep throwing it his way. So I like all Bears receivers uh, against the easy matchup against the Vikings. We got David Moore going up against the Rams. You think about the Rams, uh, really good pass defense with Jalen Ramsey and some of their safeties. Uh, but they're going to be focused, you know, on DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And all of a sudden, David Moore, uh, I think he's caught maybe two touchdowns in a row. Let's just take a look here. And, I mean, again, it's kind of handcuff season. I know I don't really like to – I mean, I don't really advise, like, wide receiver handcuffs. But just because Seattle's offense is so good, uh, you see David Moore here all of a sudden stacking, you know, basically some really nice games here, an 8.8, .8, a 13.6. And a 17.1, it's going to be low volume. But last week in a game where they had to keep throwing the ball, uh, he saw six targets, four catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. The weeks, I guess the weeks before, he's seeing a steady three to four targets here, uh, about three catches, and he's always going to have an opportunity for a touchdown. So if you're in a desperate pinch, I think David Moore could be a guy that uh, Tyler Lockett has been injured. He's been injury prone before. If he misses a game or two down the stretch, you know, maybe week 13, 14, 
uh, and you got David Moore chilling there, I think we're we're all probably going to be recommending to start David Moore. Uh, so you see just in his game logs, he's had only two bad games here going up against Dallas, the 1.2 uh, against Minnesota here, a zero. But all the other games, like if you get a seven or an eight, you know, from David Moore, I think that's OK, uh, especially if he gets the touchdown here. So it, he's starting to be a guy that I don't know, maybe we, we just kind of fall into the offense and start to trust Russell Wilson a little bit more here. Richie James, not super excited to get Richie James on my team, but it's hard to ignore a guy that just blew up and had uh, a day that could compete with Devontae Adams' numbers last weekend. Uh, so Richie James, he's going to be competing with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk for target, so he's probably going to fall down the pecking order a little bit. Uh, but this could be a guy to just monitor for one more week. We'll see if they want to keep him involved in the offense. Uh, you got Gabriel Davis against Arizona here. He's been, I mean, he's been a really – pretty impressive fourth round pick for a rookie receiver. Uh, he's consistently getting about 50% of the snaps. He did drop a touchdown the week before too. So he could have had two touchdowns in a row, uh, but four for 70, one touchdown to me, he kind of reminds me like a um, kind of like a poor man's version of Mike Evans. He's just a big receiver who kind of gets open deep and can make those 50, 50 plays in the red zone. And we've seen John Brown kind of in and out of the lineup. Uh, so if anything happens to John Brown, we're going to see more Gabe Davis down the stretch here. And again, uh, it's just one of those things where you, you see a good offense like Buffalo, like Seattle, you kind of just want to start collecting pieces of it uh, because it, this, this season's a war of attrition. As it gets colder, as uh, injuries start to pile up, a little nicks and bruises, uh, maybe guys like Gabriel Davis, maybe even guys like Auden Tate, Danny Amendola. These are all guys that are kind of you know pushing up the depth chart as injuries and opportunities come forth. So Danny Amendola is just on the list against Washington. Uh, because Kenny Galladay, we don't know what's going on with the hip injury. I think he might be uh, trending towards playing this weekend, but we'll have to see the practice reports tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, but again, if Dan Danny Amendola is going to be one of the leading targets without Kenny Galladay in there, I think Amendola has wide receiver three flex value in PPR leagues. And then uh, this is a guy, Auden Tate here, going up against Pittsburgh. I just want to pull up something I noticed last weekend. Uh, in my opportunity report back in week eight, because Cincinnati was on a bye week nine, but something about Auden Tate stuck out and he was kind of their preseason MVP or their training camp MVP, if you will. But looking at the snap counts from the Bengals uh, back in week eight against the Titans, you see AJ Green, 85% of the snaps, T Higgins, 78, Tyler Boyd, 75, but Auden Tate kind of came in here and had his best game of the season with a, a pretty decent 45% uh, snap rate. And seven targets, seven catches, 65 yards. Uh, so this is a guy here, caught all seven of his targets, 65 yards. A.J. Green's just not getting it done, guys. And as the season gets on and on, uh, I think they're going to want to, you know, start to see what this offense can look like in the future with uh, a lineup like T. Higgins on the outside, Auden Tate outside, and Tyler Boyd on the inside. So this is something I'm, I'm really keeping an eye on. I think Auden Tate uh, could be a guy that has value for us, especially come fantasy playoff time. And then uh, let's just finish up with the tight ends. Actually, I do have defenses down here too. Uh, so we'll be quick with the tight ends. I do have a list here of guys that I think need to be owned in pretty much all leagues. But to be honest, like there's only a few elite tight ends in the league right now. Travis Kelsey, of course. Uh, but then you got Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson. And uh, I think that the list is pretty short. Like those are like only three must starts. Maybe Noah Fant. I don't know. But uh, Mark Andrews is getting frustrating. We kind of have to just keep rolling with him and uh, hope we get one of those one or two touchdown games. Hunter Henry's been pretty pretty consistent. Uh, I have high hopes for Dallas Goddard. Hayden Hurst is looking pretty nice, but he's on bye this week. 
Uh, we did see Jonu Smith kind of come back to life, but again, it's a really low volume there. He only had two targets. He caught both targets for, for a touchdown, uh, but he's kind of boom bust here. Jared Cook is looking decent. Uh, Evan Ingram finally caught a touchdown last weekend. Rob Gronkowski and then Eric Ebron are coming on. So if any of these guys somehow are available in your league, uh, I think these would be the tight ends that I'm looking for first. Uh, but then I guess on the list here, I do have Dallas Goddard, Eric Ebron. These guys uh, should be owned. If not, those are the priorities, I think. Uh, Jimmy Graham, I think if we look here, I just, I'm just curious because, uh, he, I mean, the man couldn't do anything in Green Bay. And then he comes to Chicago and all of a sudden he's back to like top five tight end. Um, so I have Jimmy Graham here. He's tight end six right now. He's caught five touchdowns over 300 yards, 35 catches here. He's averaging about 10.6 PPR points per game. So Jimmy Graham going up against Minnesota. We've already talked about the 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 kind of porous defense of the Vikings. So I kind of like all Bears weapons in this one. Uh, and then you got Tyler Higby going up against Seattle. Seattle is an awful team uh, covering all receiving options here. So Tyler Higby could have himself a nice game. Uh, Mike Jasicki going up against the Chargers. I don't think the Chargers are very good against the tight end. Uh, let's just double check that. But uh, we do have a potential uh, opening for targets with Preston Williams. Uh, probably not playing next weekend. So maybe that's just more Devontae Parker and more Mike Jasicki. Just kind of keep it simple and just throw it to your best players. Uh, but the Chargers here, we're looking, the Chargers are like the 10th worst against tight end, uh, allowing about 14 and a half points per game. So that's going to make me interested in Mike Jasicki. Austin Hooper probably returns this weekend from his, uh, I think it was an appendectomy or something surgery. I don't know, something had to get removed, but he should be good to go now. Irv Smith caught two touchdowns last weekend going up against Chicago. Uh, that's kind of a low volume offense. So that's like an ultimate boom bust play. Uh, but before the Packer game and the bye week, Herb Smith was starting to come on, so we like that. Uh, Ross Dwelly, I need to spell that correctly. But uh, Ross Dwelly going up against the Saints. Uh, he's kind of just a really steady PPR guy where he's probably going to get you, you know, five to ten points at least. Uh, and the Saints are pretty, you know, open against the tight end here, about 14.7 points to the tight end position. Uh, Jacob Hollister, this one really caught my eye. Uh, Seattle Seahawks tight end situation. Uh, let's just go look at that from last weekend. Uh, Jacob Hollister actually led the Seahawks in tight end snaps. Uh, I think that was the first time this year that someone not named Greg Olson did it. Uh, so you see the tight ends here, Jacob Hollister, 31 snaps, Olson, 26, Will Disley, 21. Uh, and Hollister came away with seven targets, five catches, 60 yards. Uh, so this is a situation that I'm going to be monitoring. I'm not recommending uh, Jacob Hollister like this weekend to start, but if he kind of gets more snaps and he gets more targets again, uh, maybe we're looking at something here that's a trend. Uh, and then I think at the top of the show, I talked about Jack Doyle. Uh, he's going through concussion protocol this weekend. It's a short week uh, with the game on Thursday night. So that's going to make Trey Burton and Mo Alley-Cox uh, going up against Tennessee really interesting. I'm trying to see here. I think the Titans are kind of, yep, the Titans are the 12th worst against tight ends, allowing almost 14 points uh, to the position. And then let's just quick take a look at what the Colts did uh, last week. So Molly Cox, he led the team in tight end snaps with 35, Trey Burton 29, uh, and Jack Doyle with 22. So you got to think that these are kind of benchmarks for these guys. And then if you add some of these Doyle snaps here, you're going to probably have both guys like Molly Cox is probably flirting with 40 snaps, Trey Burton probably 35 to 40 himself. Uh, but both guys, I mean, Philip Rivers is really, really confident in throwing in the tight ends. He has been his entire career. Uh, so I think both tight ends are good for five or six targets on Thursday night. And of course, Molly Cox, really big play threat here. Trey Burton's kind of the, the old reliable, uh, almost like a Jimmy Graham where he's just, you know, where he's going to be. He's not going to get big plays. 
uh, but he does score touchdowns too. So I think if you need a tight end pinch this week, uh, one of the Colts tight ends could be your guy. Uh, and then again, I do have a note here just on George Kittle, uh, just because I'm, I'm reading so many conflicting reports on Joe, uh, George Kittle's foot injury. Uh, they're saying it could be a six to eight week timetable injury. And uh, if, if the 49ers, I mean, as it stands right now, San Francisco is like the first team out of the playoffs in the NFC. Uh, so if they can kind of just keep hanging around and potentially, you know, they get to a point where George Kittle can play, we're probably going to see uh, our guy George Kittle back at some point this year, maybe before, you know, week, like week 15, 16 uh, for fantasy playoffs. So he's a guy that I'm stashing in some of my leagues. But you do see here the Bears are the seventh seed as of now. 49ers are just a, a game behind here. So something to keep an eye on. I have added George Kittle in a couple of leagues to my IR spot. Uh, and then uh, let's just finish up with defenses here. These are just uh, like my top 10 recommendations for defense streamers. I'm sure Baltimore Ravens and Steelers are owned, but maybe the Washington football team going up against Detroit. Uh, I have to monitor that Matt Stafford injury. So especially if Matt Stafford can't play, Washington football team is going to be a pretty nice stream this week. Uh, same with Kenny Galladay too. So we're watching both offensive weapons for the Lions. Uh, Miami defense, Miami Dolphins have been hot lately. They're going up against Justin Herbert. He's been prone for a couple interceptions or a fumble or something like that. Uh, so I, I think the Dolphins could be a sneaky play here. Uh, New Orleans Saints going up against Nick Mullins. Uh, that game's in New Orleans too. I don't know if they're starting to allow more fans in there, but uh, definitely intrigued with New Orleans. And now they probably have some more attitude and confidence right now. Uh, you've got the Chicago Bears going up against the Vikings. Uh, this one's risky just because Dalvin Cook has been just so hot lately, but uh, the Bears still have a good defense. They tend to keep games low scoring, and uh, Kirk Cousins is always known to make a, a stupid player too. You've got Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against Carolina, uh, especially if Christian McCaffrey's out. I think Tampa Bay looks to rebound here. You've got the Green Bay Packers going up against Jake Luton and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles going up against Daniel Jones. They can take advantage of some fumbles and some turnovers there. New England Patriots going up against Baltimore. After watching the Jets game last night, I might have to take that one down. But uh, Lamar Jackson has also been turning the ball over at a high rate this year. So uh, we'll see if Bill Belichick can kind of get that, you know, figured out there. Uh, and then the Colts going up against Tennessee. The Colts, one of their, you know, most solid defenses in the league. They kind of limit all positions to points. Uh, so I think that one's going to be a scrappy Thursday night football game. So that's pretty much it for the defense. Let's just take a look at some of the comments here for some questions. Uh, so we got a, a trade question here from Perlin Woods. Let me just take a look at this a little bit. Uh, so we're in a dynasty league, and he just got offered a trade to send James Conner to receive Ronald Jones and a second-round pick. Uh, so thoughts. Uh, my first thought is I'm interested in the second-round pick if it's like a top, you know, like three or four pick in that second round. Because uh, I think I've already started to kind of look ahead to see, you know, who the first and second round of players are and just started to watch some of the film. Uh, but if you can get Ronald Jones in a second round pick, uh, I'm actually, I'm curious about James Conner next year. He's probably a free agent going to a new team next year. Uh, so James Conner might have some life. I don't know if we're going to, this really depends on, uh, I guess, are you trying, are you in win now mode right now? Like, are you going to be competing for a playoff spot or if you're a top two or three team? If so, I'm going to hold on to James Conner. Uh, but if you're looking to rebuild, I mean, Ronald Jones in a second round pick, that might be uh, interesting to me. So, yeah, I guess it depends on a few things. Is it, is it going to be a high second-round pick? Are you rebuilding? Do you have enough, you know, running back depth to, to win with Ronald Jones and the second-round pick? Uh, kind of thoughts like that. Uh, but uh, if anyone else, we had a few people hanging out here. If you guys have any more questions, 
Uh, let's see, I've been going for about 35 minutes. I can hang on another five, 10 minutes if you guys got questions or uh, have any topics to talk about. We can definitely go over whatever you guys need. Um, I have been working on my start sit charts. Those are going to be starting to upload tonight. We do have the Jackson or the Tennessee Titans and the Colts game on Thursday night football. So tomorrow, tonight's, yeah, tomorrow night is Wednesday. That's when I record my Thursday night show. So we'll be doing that uh, same time, about 6 p.m. Central time. So we'll be going over that and then answering any questions, uh, just looking at some of the news there. Uh, so since we do have some time and uh, we got no questions at the moment, I'm just going to pop over to Roto World and we'll kind of read some of the player blurbs and news. Uh, just a really slow news day today, though. We didn't really get anything, uh, I guess, positive here. So we got Jordan Love back, Odell Beckham, successful surgery. That's good to hear. Um, let's look around here. Chamon Williams signed to the Ravens. That's kind of cool. Um, T.Y. Hilton, this is kind of an interesting one. Uh, he's practicing in full already, so he's probably going to play Thursday Night Football. If you needed somebody to start and you need help at receiver position here, I think T.Y. Hilton might be the guy uh, to potentially take advantage of the Titans' defense. Let's just pull this up here. I'm curious about fantasy points allowed by the Titans. So, oh, wow. So this is, uh, is going to be a, a, a potential matchup that you want to take advantage of here. So I'm just using the website fftoday.com, uh, and if you go to stats, you can actually click on fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver position. I've selected PPR, and we see that the Tennessee Titans have allowed the second most uh, PPR points per game to the wide receiver position, uh, just over 47 points per game here. So this is a lot. Uh, 10 touchdowns, over 1,600 yards, almost 150 catches. Uh, so that's going to be really good for guys like T.Y. Hilton. Maybe Zach Paschal can get in your lineup as a flex. Uh, so, like, I mean, if you're missing guys like Tyree Kill, uh, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, you know, guys on by, and you're looking for potential waiver wire moves, I mean, we just saw Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Darnell Mooney. They just let the Bears receivers all have a nice day. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Auden Tate all had double-digit days. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers receivers, Deontay Johnson, uh, blew up for 80 and two touchdowns. Juju had 85 yards himself. Um, so teams, you know, multiple receivers are, are playing very well here. You see, look at this. Look at the, the Houston Texans here. Wolf Fuller, Brandon Cooks, and Randall Cobb. All three Texans receivers over double digits here. So the Titans, uh, a very leaky defense. I know T.Y. Hilton's been a little frustrating for owners uh, this year, but if he's practicing in full, he's not going to get a better matchup uh, than this the rest of the season. So I'm pretty interested in T.Y. Hilton here. So we just got another comment here from our guy, Pearl and Woods. Uh, so current QB is is Tom Brady, so do not really need a dynasty guy. Um, okay, so if we have current quarterback is Tom Brady, so do not really need a dynasty guy. I guess uh, what's the what's the rest of your team here? I'm just reading some of these notes here. So it's a lower second rounder, but I'm not really pushing for the playoffs this year. It's possible but doubtful. Also got offered a trade to send Kenny Galladay in a second for Deshaun Watson and a fourth. Um, wow. Okay, so you're, you'd be sending Kenny Galladay in a second-round pick for Deshaun Watson and a fourth-round pick. I guess, are you a Deshaun Watson fan? I mean, he's he's a really good quarterback that you can build around of. I don't really know if I trust the Texans' uh, front office at the moment right now. I don't think they have a first- or second-round pick for, like, the next two years. So I'm a little nervous about Deshaun Watson as a Houston Texan. Uh, I think I might be okay with hanging on to Brady and just maybe drafting a guy or two this coming season. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I'm not. I don't think I'm liking the trade, Kenny Galladay, in a second. Uh, that's given up a lot of youth there for just one quarterback spot. Where I think I could hold on to Tom Brady, 
and then potentially draft a quarterback next year. I think that interests me a little bit there. So I think I'm okay with, I mean, sending James Conner to receive Ronald Jones in a second round pick. Uh, if you want the extra second round pick, I think that's, it's worth it to you. Uh, you could potentially, you know, send with, if you do that trade, you could end up getting two second round picks in the draft. Maybe you cash those in and then you move up in the first round. So if you're into that, I think I'm okay with more ammo. James Connors, a really injury prone back. Uh, there's potential for him to leave Pittsburgh and maybe that kind of changes, you know, his des destiny. I'm just curious how old James Conner is. Uh, and Ronald Jones is still pretty young. Uh, so James Conner is going to be entering age 26 next year. Uh, I'm a big, big Ronald Jones fan. I'm kind of not happy about the Leonard Fournette situation, but uh, the dude's just 23 years old. He'll be 24 next August. Uh, I think I'm okay with doing the Ronald Jones uh, in the second uh, for your guy, James Conner. Uh, especially, I mean, if, you got, if you're not really going anywhere and you want to, I mean, you could improve your draft position by doing this too. It's not really tanking. It looks a little bit better than tanking. But uh, Ronald Jones, it's a good offense. You got Ronald Jones and Tom Brady as your team. Uh, kind of roll with that. And um, I don't know, maybe with, you know, if you get two second round picks, that gives you a little bit more ammo. I love having the ability to make some decisions and maybe move up in the draft if I can. Uh, so I think, I think I'm going to sign off on that one. That one's a pretty good uh, deal for me. Uh, but uh, any, uh, we're going on about 40 minutes here. Any other questions in the chat? Otherwise, I'm probably going to wrap this up in a, little, in a minute or two. Uh, but again, we have a lot of injuries to monitor here. We didn't really get anything for news. Uh, so it's going to be, uh, I'm, I, I wish waiver wires would run on Wednesday nights instead of Tuesday nights, just because Wednesday we get all the practice reports, more information. There's just more going on uh, where, I mean, we got this huge list of, you know, junk here. We don't really know what's going on. So it's a little bit disappointing. Um, so yeah, you got Nick Chubb. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, assuming you're going to be a top five, I mean, if, if you don't make the playoffs, your top five or six pick, you're looking at a pretty good quarterback potentially there. You can get another running back or two in the second round. Uh, I wouldn't mind stacking a pick, getting Ronald Jones and just kind of seeing what happens. And then, yeah, because you've been, you know, you've been without Nick Chubb for the whole season, basically, you can send James Conner and just move Nick Chubb back up into that spot. Cause it sounds like Nick Chubb's playing. Um, so I think I'm totally okay with, with moving on from James Conner, especially if you're not attached to him. I don't know if you're from Pittsburgh or uh, anything crazy, but uh, I don't know. I think uh, Ronald Jones, he's still 23 years old. Uh, he's a good running back. I think we've seen that with Ronald Jones is maybe he's not the best hands, uh, but from a pure running back standpoint, the dude, I mean, he rushed for three straight hundred yard games. I don't know what Bruce Arians uh, doesn't like about him. He seems to be a pretty solid back to me. So I'm interested in collecting a young running back, getting a second round pick. And uh, I don't know, you can have a really fun draft next year. I haven't really looked too much uh, at like the potential second round picks, but there should be, you know, a handful of running backs and receivers that could be there in the second round for you. Uh, and then when you think about um, this last uh, round of dynasty drafts, I collected a bunch of second round picks. I took away guys like Zach Moss, uh, Denzel Mims, LaVisca Chenault. There's going to be a lot of players in that early part of the second round or even the mid to late second round uh, that kind of fall to you. So the second round is one of my favorite rounds for Dynasty Drafts. So I think uh, I think that's a good good option for you, sir. But uh, I don't know. If you guys have any questions, you guys can uh, hit me up on the comments. Follow me on Twitter at the fellow KGB. We do have uh, a Facebook as well, Instagram. I don't really try to stay on top of those that much. I'm more of a Twitter in the YouTube, uh, those, are, those are the ones that I keep the most track of. Uh, but I want to thank you tonight for hanging out with me, giving me your time. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'll be going live tomorrow evening at uh, the same time, 6 p.m. Central Time, 
We'll go over the Thursday night football start sits. We'll talk a little bit of player news. We'll have a lot of injury reports and things to get to uh, tomorrow night as well. So uh, that's it for the waiver wire report. Thanks again for hanging out and uh, have a good night. We'll see you in another video. Peace.